This is episode 134 on HRV, heart rate variability, how this trendy biomarker helps our everyday life. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer, forever athlete, and your personal flow coach, helping you optimize your life one conversation at a time. Today, I want to discuss a hot and trendy metric that gets thrown around a lot these days, heart rate variability. Thanks to the gigantic rise of companies like Whoop and Aura Ring, HRV has become a popularized biomarker outside of just the realm of exercise physiology nerds like myself. So you might be wondering why HRV matters and what is it actually measuring. So let's start there today. HRV is a measure of variation between the time and between heartbeats. So contrary to what you might think, our heart doesn't beat necessarily to a metronome. There's some variation in between when those beats are happening. And while it might be minuscule, it happens to be measured in milliseconds, we don't want it to be beating to a metronome. Actually, the higher the variability, the higher the HRV is, the more adept our system is to taking on stress and vice versa. The lower our HRV is, the less equipped our system is to handling that stress. So genetically speaking, everyone's going to have a different baseline of HRV for their metric. So it's not necessarily one that we compare from ourselves against other people. Rather, the research has shown that really we can use and leverage our understanding of HRV to look at a U versus U progression of stress and how we're managing stress, the load of stress that we are putting onto our system. We're not just talking physical stress, we're talking mental and cognitive stress as well. You'll notice on days where doing hard things are easier, it's often a result that your HRV is on the higher end of your own baseline. And on the flip side of the day where you're dragging a little bit and you really feel like it's hard to get up and get ready and into the playing of the day, it's often a result of a low HRV. So Don Moxley, an exercise physiology and performance optimization expert, has actually measured the HRVs of Ohio State's storied wrestling program for years. And what he found through his research was really interesting. He was able to predict the outcome of whether or not the wrestler would go on to win a national title or become an All-American or not based off of their HRV the morning of competition. So through this insight, we understand that HRV is a great indicator whether or not we can perform at the highest level or not. Pretty cool. But what happens if game day comes around and you're off your game? That happens to us, right? We're all human. Our HRV, we can't, while we can train our HRV to be on the higher end, it's no consistent formula yet. We have some insights that we'll share a little bit here that will help you get there. But sometimes game day comes around and you're off your game. Things aren't in perfect alignment. The stars aren't aligned. And we know as athletes, we have to be prepared for that time as well. So the good news is you're not at a total loss when your HRV is low, even on competition day. It's just going to be a little bit more of an uphill battle for you. It's not impossible to still perform well. The last thing you need, though, is to get into your own head and start doubting your abilities just because your wearable tech, like a whoop, might be telling you that you're a little bit off that day. Technology, especially the wearable tech, should be an enhancement of our overall performance, not a crutch and dictator of where our performance is going to go. So it should be an enhancement. That would be my one gripe with wearable tech is we often see a low number relative to our baseline. We freak out under pressure. We want to have 
just feedback be that. It's neutral, nothing more. We're better off at looking at overall big picture trends than we are at one-off scenarios. So if you're typically in the green, so to speak, by whoop terms, a few days in the yellow or even in the red aren't going to be the end of the world. In fact, they're part of that training process to improving HRV overall. We need the lows in our lives just like we need the highs. Now that we understand what HRV is and how we can use and really use it as a performance indicator, we want to shift our focus to how we can train and improve based off our given baseline, wherever we're currently at. And that begins with understanding this concept of our window of tolerance for stress. Now, we all have an upper threshold and a lower threshold for how we handle stress. That's our body's optimal state where we can really access both reason and emotion, we're mentally engaged, and we can access flow state with ease when we're in that optimal flow channel. So think of a car for a second and how your car drives so smoothly after it gets a fresh set of tires and that engine tune-up, it's maybe a little bit newer, has less miles on it. That machine is operating with its window of tolerance on cruise control almost, and it's a beautiful, smooth ride. Now, within that window, when we're experiencing high degrees of hyper-stress or hyper-arousal, our engines, just like the car, could be revved to a point of losing traction on the road altogether. So if you ever take a look, have you ever driven your car and taken it to that upper threshold of the speed, right? We call this redlining. And just like your car can redline on that speedometer, our body and mind start to get a little bit shaky when we hit our red line naturally within our nervous system. We, when we go too far past this red line, we end up in a state of hyper arousal. We can't calm down. We become overreactive. Our thoughts become unclear and we're emotionally distressed. As athletes, you felt this hyper arousal when you can't seem to get a grip on your body and mind and that connection between the two. We call this sports performance anxiety. You can't get your mind to quiet down enough just to focus on the task at hand. When this happens, our nervous system is blocking flow quite literally because it's in this hyper drive. It can't slow down. It's often a result of spending too much time in this fight or flight mode, and the overstimulation has led us to this place of unbearable breath, all, or sorry, uncontrollable breath. Your breath might smell bad during this as well. Who knows? Research isn't really there yet. But your heart rate is also all over the place in that, and you feel that. It's racing. Hyper arousal is very similar to upshifting gears too quickly in our car. Now, most of us don't drive manual transmission cars. We're driving automatic transmission these days. But when we upshift too quickly in those gears, we actually burn a lot of water. <laughs> Not a lot of water, a lot of rubber. And we don't gain the traction that we should if we were in the right gear at the right time. So when we find ourselves in this state, we want to turn to mindfulness, grounding practices, breath work, among other release practices to help downregulate the nervous system back into that optimal arousal window. It's like being in a fight and being able to shake off that first punch to the face. Once it happens, you're able to get back under control and you're back into the zone. It didn't throw you off your game, rather that's sending you over the top. One of my favorite ways to downregulate in the moment is through a one to two ratio inhale to exhale breath work. So breathing for maybe three seconds in through the nose and then exhaling for six seconds through the mouth, that's gonna, when we do that repeatedly for a minute or two, that allows our heart rate to slow. It sends a signal, a message to our brain that, hey, everything's all right. It's actually peaceful even. And having that self-awareness to recognize you are above the red line and come back down 
It's going to be critical for your performance. The more time you spend above that line, the more energy is actually being wasted and expelled inefficiently, and your body and mind are acting out of sync. We're burning a lot of extra rubber than we have to, blowing through those cognitive resources faster than we need to or want to. We're talking about peak performance. So turning to that little, something as simple as one to two ratio, whether it's six seconds, then 12 seconds, three seconds, and six seconds, doesn't matter. The point being the exhale is longer than the inhale, and that is calming the nervous system down. When we shift our breath, it allows us to get in tune to our nervous system in real time. On the flip side of that red line, we have what's known as the blue line, your hypoarousal. This is when that body is shut down and we struggle to get up for what we know we need to. Over time, this could show itself as being depressed. We're lethargic, we're numb, we're unmotivated. All of these things athletes don't want to be, but from time to time, we end up, right? We're human. This is the car stalling out at that stoplight, trying to go forward, but unable to do so. We need just the right amount of gas to get eased into the system for it to catch traction again and move forward. When we're in hypoarousal, when we are hypoaroused, we have trouble getting excited for the task at hand, and that can be happening for a variety of reasons, but nonetheless, flow is being blocked by this lack of arousal. We need just enough challenge to get us excited for it, right? The good news is we can combat this state as well through practices such as mindfulness, breath work, and physical activity. How about that? Very similar uh, resources and tools for both sides of the spectrum here. Think of the times you showed up to a practice or competition, you were just feeling eh, you didn't really feel like you had it, right? How did you feel after a good intentional warm-up session though? Odds are you were able to at least upshift your system just enough to get ready for the practice or the main event, whatever it may be. And depending on how hypo aroused you were to determines the length of the work needed to get us out of that state altogether. If this is a one-off trend, a longer, more stimulating warm-up could just do the trick. But if we're seeing this over time, people that are overtrained and they're lethargic, chronically depressed, we need to get really, really intentional and spend a little bit more time in this breath work to revamping and energizing and warming up our systems again. Same with breath work here. It's going to be used slightly differently on an inverse ratio. So two to one, inhale to exhale. And this is going to allow you to raise the heart rate, indicating to your brain like, hey, man, it's go time. It's time to perform. And here's where it gets really good, right? We can actually train to raise our ceiling of what is perceived stress on our system altogether, aka we're able to expand our window of tolerance to take on more stress without it feeling like a terribly heavy lift. Now, let's use weight training here as an example for how we do this. We want to warm up the engine a little bit before and we get out of that hypo arousal, right? So we start our training session with some light to moderate weight. We get some activation work in maybe after that, and then we back off before going into the main lift for that day. Remember the flow cycle here, right? The activation work and the warm-up allow for the nervous system and our other body systems to go through a little bit of a struggle phase in of itself, a micro one there. Then the release or back off in this case primes the body to get into flow for the main lift of that session. And when we're in flow, when we're in that optimal window of arousal, we are then able to flirt with that red line a little bit at a higher rate weight than if we weren't. 
This means putting some more weight on that bar and moving that around. And we want to train at that upper limit some of the time, but not all of the time. We don't want to overtrain because our resources are limited even within that optimal window. Flow itself is this high energy burning state and can go through that fuel pretty quickly. You know the difference between that one extra rep that will make at that upper threshold. You know, have you ever been moving some weight around and you try to do one more rep and it just doesn't budge? It's because your system has run out of resources to move that weight in the first place. So when we understand that we can flirt with that red line and get as close to it as a consistent basis, we also want to know when do we ease off the gas? When do we back off and go back into coasting? And we start to see this oscillating wave throughout just not just our day, but through our weeks, through our months, through our years. And we can periodize our life to take advantage of this. After the flow state itself, after that heavy lift, that's the start of our recovery phase, allowing our body to decompress from that stimulus that it just took on and get ready to do it again the next day. And as any gym rat athlete out there will know, the heavier you go one day, the harder it is to be to go heavy again the next day. So talking about that oscillating periodization, right? Understanding how much we put on our cognitive load as well each day yields the same effects on our mental capacity to perform. So when we have a really stressful, high workload cognitively, it's no different than if we went into the gym and busted out max lift weight testing. A healthy nervous system means a healthy human, and we obtain that through intentionally taxing the nervous system, but not, not by avoiding stress altogether. When we are the ones who control how much stress gets put onto our systems, we're training for when stress gets thrown at us beyond our control. That's how a healthy nervous system allows us to be more adept to major life events that get thrown your way and you're able to roll with the tides of life rather than being tumbled around in the, the undertow of life. Choosing to make hard choices can make for an easy life. And we have a handful of tools that allow us to train our nervous system window of tolerance. Each play a critical role in our toolkit. So being well-versed with these is like becoming a Swiss army knife with your nervous system training, allowing you to pull out the right tools at the right time for your genetics. And here's something I regularly implement with my clients that I want to share with you today. The first one is continuing that breathwork trend is diaphragmatic breath, box breathing. So what I mean by that is that inhale originates by expanding the belly into our hands. So we place our hand just below the diaphragm, just below our midsection on our belly. When we inhale in through the nose, we should feel that stomach expanding, pressing up against our hand. And then on that exhale, out through the mouth, we should feel that stomach going back in closer to the body. And how box breathing works all together, it's a five-second inhale through the nose, a five-second hold at the top, a five-second exhale uh, through the mouth, and then a five-second hold at the bottom, forming that square there. This calms the nervous system in times of stress and raises your ability to handle hard shit thrown your way. So try some box breathing the next time you're feeling that red line approaching, whether you are in the competition, you're into the thick of it, as they like to say, or you're pre-game or you're just trying to calm that nervous system, calm your mind before getting into work in the first place. When you use this to your advantage when you're feeling over anxious, you're able to go into that meeting, that important meeting with a clear headspace that 
race, whatever it may be, with a clear headspace. And that sometimes can make all the difference of winning and losing in that setting. The second one is another favorite of mine. My mom actually introduced me this at an early age, and it's ear massages. So shout out to mom. I overlooked the power of the simplicity here, but what ear massages do, rubbing the thumbs along the back of our ears, working the index finger along the front of our ears, and moving our way down towards the earlobes, what that is doing is it stimulates our vagus nerve as we rub our thumbs along the backside. And when we work our way down, it's actually moving that stagnant energy down. It's indicating to our vagus nerve like, hey, it's time to bring again down from that redlining position, priming the nervous system, priming the brain and body to get into whatever it is that we have in front of us. It's another great way to downregulate that system back to that cool, calm, collected state that you and I, we operate best in. And who knew us? simple 30-second ear massage would give you that driving power back, would put you back in the driving seat and taking back control over this hyper arousal in your life. The third strategy we want to share today and talk on, athlete, we're on the athletic mindset, right? We're talking exercise. It's a fantastic way for us to bring that nervous system close to that red line. It's a willing and able uh, method to bring us close to that red line. We want to aim ideally to get two to three sessions a week when we're really pushing our limits towards that upper limit of that red line, whether that's cardio or musculoskeletal system through weightlifting, whatever it may be for you. We want to push the upper limit because we start to flirt with it and that's how we start to make gains as like they like to say, right? When we balance those two to three days with lighter or moderate training to allow for proper recovery in between sessions, we're able to better ride that wave of day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month in our life. So training both ends of the spectrum here is critical to ensuring we are making progress without overtraining and reaching a place of burnout altogether. Last one I want to share with you strategy here is belly laughter. Time with loved ones has been shown to increase HRV, which is pretty wild. Life is meant to be lived and have a good time while we're living it, right? We don't want to be this alpha macho man energy all all day, every day to see really the health benefits on our HRV. We need to have some balance, some duality between the two. Getting some good laughs in with good people and you have a not only just a better quality life when you prioritize this, you get an added boost into your HRV as a benefit. And I say, that's a good enough excuse for me to say, I'm going to press pause on work and I'm going to spend some time with some friends, get some good laughs and notice what that does to the quality of work when I go back into it. It's important to understand that we are all going to experience that red line and those blue line symptoms here throughout our emotional roller coasters of our life. That's just how life works. Having the self-awareness to understand where you're at and what you need is critical for optimal performance. It gives you this roadmap and allows you to make informed decisions based off of where you're at. It's also important to recognize the trends and the frequency of the trends between the two extreme states. That's where HRV is going to tie back into the discussion here. So HRV trends over the meso and macro cycles of your training, both physically and emotionally, and it can indicate how well equipped we are to handle stress regardless of its origin, physical, cognitive, emotional. It can also put us and point us to what steps we can take to either increase our stress load and 
perform more optimally there or decrease knowing when to slow down to speed up. Understanding that, right, knowing when to speed up and when to slow down is going to be critical for sustainable optimal performance here. When we are chronically stressed or we're burnt out, we need to take our foot off of the gas and do some serious maintenance work on our system overall. Oftentimes we see this in the athletes who are overtrained, like I mentioned, or the corporate athlete even, who has become overworked and undervalued. The benefit of becoming aware of your HRV trends specifically, we can catch these ups and downs before they happen. And allowing this allows us to be proactive in our game planning rather than reacting after it's too late. Mindfulness practices allow for us to get in tune with our body and with what it needs. But it's not just limited to meditation. It could be journaling, grounding practices, or even something as simple as being present for making our morning cup of coffee. Mindfulness is not just a trendy thing that gets thrown away there. Really, it's a trendy way of saying that we can single task at the task at hand because our mind is quiet enough to do so. That's peak performance, right? That's a benefit of flow when we have this hyper concentration to the task at hand. So knowing our HRV baselines, trends to watch out for, and the strategies and techniques to steer the ship into optimal performance window is really what it boils down to, to living a good quality life. That's the main benefit behind these new wave wearable trends like Whoop, building out our self-awareness, getting to know our body, allows us to give it what it needs when it needs it. And that allows us to live this optimized life more days than not. And if you want to check out your own HRV, get a little bit more familiar with it, you can get started with Whoop at join.whoop.com slash backslash Corey Camp and redeem a free month and free strap here on us at Forever Athlete. Our body has its own GPS built into it and a roadmap trying to tell us where to go. Ultimately, it falls onto us. If we choose to look at it, listen to it, and honor what it's telling us, that's the benefit of keying into our HRV. And if you need a step further, if you get whoop and you're totally lost as to how the heck am I using this thing, shoot me over a message on Instagram at Corey Camp. I'd be more than happy to walk you through just general understanding of how you can better use this metric to help you out on the day-to-day basis. This is a really deep dive here today into some more nerdy topics, and I freaking love it because it's my background, it's my wheelhouse, but I want you to recognize the bridge between the mindset and spiritual world that some of our guests bring on here and our physiology, the cold, hard, data-driven stuff. There's a gap, and HRV is the bridge between those two things. It allows us to connect not just our physical health, but our mental health together. We see them working synergistically. We want to reinforce that bridge starting today by looking for ways to improve your HRV through mental and physical training. If you're doing one without the other, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you found this helpful, share this with a friend, a family member, or a teammate so they can too can strengthen that bridge and live a life filled with less overwhelm healthy stress and optimal results leave a review on apple Podcasts with your favorite way to improve your hrv i'd love to hear how this episode has helped you start to make some changes for the better in your life and remember if you can change your mindset you can change your life one heartbeat at a time i will see you all on friday